back to the field this week for the West Virginia Mountaineers. They'll travel to Fort Worth this week to take on TCU. Welcome to Musings from the Mountains. For Keenan Cummings, I'm Jared Sari. Unfortunately, we will not be joined by a guest to preview the Horned Frogs this week. The rival site dedicated to TCU really isn't active. Uh, so Keenan and I will do our best to fill you in on what to expect from TCU, as well as what we'd like to see from the Mountaineers heading out of the bye week. But first, TCU. Gary Patterson's squad is 3-3 three and three headed into this weekend, having lost three of its last four games. That lone win came in a 52-31 win over Texas Tech. The Horned Frogs possess the third best offense in the Big 12, averaging 460 yards a game. On offense, quarterback Max Duggan is one to watch. In addition to being the team's third leading rusher, he's also thrown for nearly 1,400 yards and 13 touchdowns. The catch? Or not even a catch, really. Also to note, only two interceptions, putting up kind of Jarrett Dagey numbers from last year. Uh, also, the two running back tandem of Zach Evans and Kendra Miller is also a big factor in their offense. The duo has combined for nearly 1,000 yards rushing and 11 touchdowns. Defensively, O'Shawn Mathis is a name to know on the defensive line as he has five tackles for loss this season. Overall, however, the unit ranks third worst in the Big 12. So that's TCU. But let's kick things back to WVU. Keenan, the 25-point loss to Baylor a week and a half ago was probably the worst showing for West Virginia all year. What do you hope is different for the Mountaineers when they hit the field this week? Man, it sounds cliche, but the bye week couldn't have came at a better time uh, for West Virginia. You know, I, we sat on here last time and, you know, talked about, you know, we thought we were going to see some resolve out of this team. You know, thought they were going to come out and play well. I think we both even predicted a close win or maybe one of us predicted a close loss. But I don't think that's anything that either of us expected, just how overmatched West Virginia was. I'm still not even sure how good of a football team Baylor is, but on that Saturday, they were clearly superior to West Virginia. I think the most disheartening thing about it is the lack of fight that West Virginia showed. Um, they were just overmatched in every phase of the game. And really, it's one of those losses that makes you look in the mirror um, if you're Neil Brown and, and this group. Yeah, it's two games in a row. I mean, it was for half the Texas Tech game and arguably for all four quarters of the Baylor game that this West Virginia team just did not show up. And you know, Neil Brown addressed that somewhat. He said, you know, they were physically beat up, mentally beat up, more mentally than physically. And, you know, losing some close games will do that to you. you know, but this is this is power five football. That can't happen. Um, you know, we've written about it a lot. We've hashed this out a lot. I don't feel the need to sit here and talk about it for 30 minutes, but it's inexcusable. I mean, Neil Brown, I thought it was interesting that he opened his press conference last week with, you know, this is not a funeral. Uh, for some fans, it felt like it was. I mean, they're, they're somewhat burying the West Virginia season at this point, and it's up to Neil Brown and this coaching staff and this team, you know, at large, to win a lot of these fans back. I, I don't remember a season that I've been on the beat, at least from my perspective, where there was so much optimism at the starting of the year for a chance that, you know, it wasn't just West Virginia people either. There was some buzz in Big 12 country that, you know, this West Virginia team had a chance to be a surprise team in this league. And here they sit at two and four, you know, after six weeks of the season. And they haven't even really, I mean, outside of Oklahoma, gotten to the meat potatoes of, the, of this Big 12 schedule because 
every game from here on out is going to be difficult outside of Kansas. I mean, and with the way West Virginia played in Waco, is that even a give me? It's, it's one of those issues, though, where, you know, West Virginia has got to try to find a little bit of consistency on all three sides of the ball. Um, they've got to get back to the basics on defense. I thought, you know, Coach Leslie said they, they tried some different things, you know, against Baylor. It obviously didn't work. Um, they got to get back to the basics because you look at the numbers defensively for West Virginia, you know, even with that 40, 40 some point game against Baylor, you know, they have really strong numbers across the board outside of one area, and that's turnovers. Everything else is pretty much in the top 50 nationally. So that unit's still carrying you. Offensively, you got to find a way to generate some points. You got to find a way some, to put the ball in the end zone. It's obviously been a problem all year. They've had issues with turnovers. Um, offensive line play, don't get me started there. Um, there isn't a unit on the team that I've been more disappointed in than the offensive line. Uh, I know Neil Brown said before the season that, you know, this was a group that was going to turn the corner. Um, you know, he, he even kind of felt – he felt they were a year away depth-wise, but Matt Moore went, to, went on to say that, you know, that this unit had as much potential as any since he's been here. And quite truthfully, I mean, at least the 2019 unit could pass block. You know, that's been a problem. Run block's been a problem. Uh, but that's what bye weeks are for, um, sorting out some of these issues. You don't get a chance to really do that once you get into the heart of the season. So I want to see the resolve out of this team. You know, I, I've questioned it several times already, and they haven't answered the bell. I think that sitting here at two and four, playing a TCU team, that's that's pretty good football team, but is obviously beatable. You know, this might be kind of the bellmark point of the season. Yeah, is this is this team going to battle back and have to show some heart and you know really get to the point where they can compete for a bowl game, or is this going to be practically a lost season? I mean, you haven't had major injuries at this point. You know, you haven't had a lot of issues that cause that. It's just been West Virginia not being able to close 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 football games, and additionally just laying an egg on the road. It was this West Virginia team hasn't won a road game since the last time it went to TCU in 2019. That's a long time. Uh, I think that this is going to be a, a super important game, not only for Neil Brown, but especially for the fan base, because you've got to, you know, I think they've said all the right things when you think about what they've said this week, you know, and even last week to a degree. I think they've said all the things, but talking only gets you so far. you got to put the product on the field. How, how about you? You know, what, what are you wanting to see before we really kind of dive into some of the things that Neil discussed? Well, I think something that is important to mention is that West Virginia has seen a couple departures lately in the past couple weeks with Kerry Martin, Darrell Middleton, um, James Thomas, Eddie Watkins all entering the transfer portal. I'm kind of hoping going back to what Neil has preached about, you know, being physically and emotionally tired and beaten down. I'm hoping that the team that we see coming out of this bye week is re-energized. I'm hoping to see a team that is full of guys who want to be in Morgantown. At WVU. I want to see a group of guys who want to play Mountaineer football guys who want to wear the gold and blue and run out onto Milan Pushkar field and play the game the way it's supposed to be played. 
Um, I feel like we've been missing that all season. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, it's been a challenge in, in multiple facets. I don't think that's the one. Um, kind of transitioning, though, Josh Chandler said, Josh Chandler Sumito said when we talked with him today that he didn't want to go two and ten, three and nine. You know, his senior year, he's not going to he's not going to let it happen. I think, you know, purging the roster a little bit, for lack of a better term, over these past couple weeks, I think in a in a way you're, you're going to get more buy in heading down the stretch of the season. And that's something I'm really hoping uh, the Mountaineers show this weekend. Um, but yeah, exactly. Uh, Josh Chandler Shimito said that this week. A lot of highly opinionated uh, opinions, obviously. Uh, but what did you get out of what we heard from Coach Brown this week? I think something that was important, not just for him and the coaches, but also really for the fan base here, was what he said about kind of spending the bye week really evaluating and adjusting and finding ways to cover up deficiencies. Um, the part in that that I thought was particularly interesting was, you know, he's got to take ownership. The coaches have to take ownership of that. Yeah, the players have to execute fundamentals. They've got to do things that are going to keep them on the field. But when you have situations where you're trying to do things that your players simply can't do, it doesn't matter if it worked last year. It doesn't matter if it worked at Troy. It doesn't matter if it worked at Kentucky or Texas Tech. If they can't execute that here, they've got to find ways to do things differently. Um, you know, the common thing, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, we've all heard that. Uh, in, in a sense, you know, that's what he's saying. You have to find ways to adjust. You know, you have to find ways to uncover and hide things that, you know, either you're good at or are not good at. Um, you're not going to erase your deficiencies, but you can cover some of it up. And I think finding ways to be more efficient offensively and defensively through some adjustments is going to be key here. Um, West Virginia has got to find a way to put some drives together. You know, they've really struggled to sustain drives offensively, defensively. I mean, it's been pretty good for the most part outside of that Baylor game, but you have four turnovers this season. You're, you're tied for 124th nationally. And I know you can't waive the turnover one. You know, if it was easy, everybody would do it. But a lot of that is just – rushing to the ball, effort, you know, being where you need to be, you know, keeping your eyes up and intercepting some balls. I mean, you, I know I can count on my hands five or six times this year that West Virginia's had chances for turnovers. They just haven't been able to get them. So it's some of that boils down to that. And, you know, I thought it was interesting too, you know, a completely different subject, but just to kind of hit the, I guess, the elephant in the room every week, um, what he said about Garrett Green, I thought was pretty interesting too. You know, admitted he has opportunities, but he's got to get better when it comes to actually running the offense. To take the ball and run for 10 yards against Long Island. It's another thing to try to force the run, not go through your progressions, not really run the offense and run into a brick wall when you've got guys open. I think that's what's holding him back right now from seeing more time. Uh, I think he's made progress, but he's got to continue to make progress. And I know that's going to be a hot topic till the end of this season or until West Virginia strings together some wins about the quarterback. So I think it was you know, refreshing in a sense that the last two weeks he's kind of really dug into the meat and potatoes about what he believes and what the coaching staff believes is, is the issue there. And really it's just kind of learning how to play quarterback at this level. And 
sometimes that's not easy you're an untraditional background like garrett green but he's got to find a way to do that if he wants to see more time because calling your own number all the time when the coaches have plays that are open you know that's not a way to earn their trust or see more time on the field so i thought those those two things especially uh, were pretty interesting and additionally you know he got kind of got into the red shirt guys that none of them were surprising you know guys that are going to play but refreshing to hear that you know the coaches are good i mean to a degree they don't really have a choice in the secondary but some of those guys are going to get more time because i think there's bright futures for, for most of those freshmen if not all of them something else that uh coach brown had mentioned that I don't know if it struck me or I, I just, I guess I just thought it was interesting was I asked him about this need to develop a second running back. Um, you know, it's, it's been an issue. Jared Parker, offensive coordinator has mentioned it a couple of times in recent weeks that they really don't have that number two guy. And I, you know, with Letty Brown, not performing as well as he did a season ago, that is definitely something that I feel like should be important to note um, but what what Neil did say was that today Tuesday Wednesday are going to be very important days in practice to determine who's going to get those number two reps this week um, really just down to seemingly Justin Johnson the freshman and uh, Tony Mathis longtime uh, backup running back but I'm always curious to see coming out of this bye week is that second running back going to get game reps? Uh, we've seen time and time again, you know, Justin Johnson maybe is the guy, but he'll only get really two or three carries. And, and then he's in on pass pro a couple of times, but he doesn't really do a whole lot. doesn't really have any of those opportunities. I'm curious to see how those two guys are, are, are worked into the game plan. Uh, really just to sum things up I'm really excited to watch the Mountaineers this week and I think that's something I don't know I can't remember the last time objectively I can't think of the last time I was excited to sit down and watch a Mountaineer football game um, I'm excited to see the changes they make I'm excited to see what kind of different looks they present um, and, and what better opponent then TCU, uh, seemingly opposite to West Virginia, if you look at it as they have a, um, a struggling defense, been, you know, banged up, a couple guys are out with injuries, and a strong offense, kind of, kind of the opposite uh, on West Virginia's end. Um, but Keenan, I did mention Max Duggan earlier, um, dual threat quarterback, strong with passing the ball obviously third leading rusher he's been banged up I think um Neil said he had a he's got a broken bone in his foot how can West Virginia neutralize a dual threat running back do, or sorry a dual threat quarterback do you think that that's within the capabilities of this defense heading into this weekend yeah I think they've done it before you know they've actually had quite a bit of success uh, against dual threat guys I mean even you look back this year, you know, until Virginia Tech went on their run, you know, even with with Maryland's quarterback and some other guys. That, I mean, they they fared pretty well. You know, Duggan's experience though. He started, I think, twenty five of the last twenty six games. You know, West Virginia's seen him before, obviously. 
Um, the part of his game that has evolved, at least from what I've been able to watch, is his passing. Always been a pretty good runner. I mean, that that's really kind of been his in his wheelhouse. But throwing the ball pretty well this year. You mentioned he has two interceptions, which you know that that's he's taking care of the football. He can run the ball. You know, they're they're really efficient. They're able to run the ball, and they have some guys that they can shot shot put it to down the field. Uh, Two receivers seem like they've been there forever uh, with Darius and uh, Barber. West Virginia recruited Barber a long time ago. I think that was back when Dana was here to show you, you know, how long he's been there playing. And then they got uh, Johnson on the outside, too. So he's got weapons. Um, of course, they've always had a pretty good ground game, and, you know, he's a part of that. I, I'm going to be interested to see how West Virginia is able to contain them, in a sense. I think – They've, they've fared well against him in previous matchups. They've been able to frustrate him and really kind of get them behind the sticks. I agree with the comments made today by the coaching staff. You know, they've got to be able to keep them behind the schedule. You know, they've got to be able to win first down, try to get them out of situations where they've got options, where they can run or pass or get him on the edge and allow him to throw the ball. So I'm interested to see how this team responds. You mentioned not being excited. I, I wouldn't go that far. But the last couple of weeks have been weird uh, when it comes to watching West Virginia football. But I do think that this is a really exciting week for a lot of reasons. Um, just for the simple fact that you want to see this team kind of put things together and really get back to, you know, even when they were playing games and losing, you saw the effort. And last week and for the first half against Texas Tech, you didn't see that. And that's when you start to make serious questions, have serious concerns about what's going on in the program. Are, are the players motivated? You know, are, are they compelled to compete? That's when you start. To, that's when you start to have that stuff. And I really how West Virginia responds, especially defensively. You know, I think the offense kind of is what it is to a degree. Yes, they can become more efficient. Yes, they can get straight string some drives together. But you haven't seen the defense play with such lack of effort, um, really. Just not straining, I guess, is the way Neil put it. And, you know, I wouldn't call it a loaf, but I really wouldn't call it straining is the way he phrased it. And I think that's kind of where I fall, you know, when I look at this game. Now, Keenan, I, I have to echo, I really have to drive home this point. This team, this Mountaineer team has looked so defeated over the past couple weeks that I if they come out and play and even act like they want to be there that's already a win in my book and, and I think even just the mindset if they play like they want to actually be there and they play like they want to win the game I think they could do it this is definitely an opponent that not great I mean toward the bottom half of the big 12 but I think this is a good game. West Virginia could come out with a win here and, you know, use this as a jumping off point, build some momentum as they head down the last five games of the season. Um, before we get into any sort of predictions, though, I want to ask you, expert, what are your keys to this one? There are a couple of things for West Virginia that they need to do to come out with a win in this one. I'm glad you asked me this because I, I think there's two big keys for West Virginia on either side of the ball. Uh, on defense, West Virginia has got to win in the red zone. You know, TCU has 23 red zone possessions this year, and they've scored on all of them. Even more impressively, they scored 17 touchdowns. 
I think they're one of four teams in the country that scored on every red every red possession they've had. A big reason of that is they're able to do what I said earlier. They're able to kind of get in short, manageable situations where they can do some run pass option deal. They've obviously got good running backs. It West Virginia's got to win in the red zone. Uh, when TCU is there, yeah, you can give up a field goal, but you got to hold them to field goals. You can't allow them to have points uh, and touchdowns because that's going to add up, especially for an offense that has clearly been struggling. Uh, I do expect some wrinkles on offense. I think you could see maybe an energized unit. Maybe you saw in the first half against Maryland or the first half against Virginia Tech. That's what I'm expecting. We'll see if it comes to fruition, but I think West Virginia's got to win in the red zone. They have to find a way to stop this team from scoring touchdowns because they, they've done it at a high clip this year and rather impressively. Defensively, I've got two. Um, one, you could just make it my evergreen, uh, you know, my evergreen stat every game. Uh, West Virginia's got to be able to run the football. Uh, it's been a struggle. This TCU team, unlike most TCU teams, they've dealt with a lot of injuries this year. Seven new players, I think, believe have started a game already this year for TCU. So they got to be able to run the football. They've got to find a way to generate some yards on the ground. They got to be able to sustain some drives, get Letty Brown going, whether you mix in Garrett Green, try to get some stuff going as well. Either way, and you got to, and I know this sounds so obvious. Trust me, I know when I, it comes out of my mouth, but they've got to score some points. TCU is, I think it's like 119 and five under Gary, Gary Patterson when they hold teams to 17 points or less. So West Virginia's got to find a way to put the ball in the end zone, kick some field goals, whatever you got to do, get in that mid-20s, which this TCU team is allowing that this year. It's not your typical shutdown TCU defense. So I think that they've got to find a way to do that. And if they if they can, I think they can come out with a win. Anything on your end? Uh, I would totally agree. Um especially about the Letty Brown factor, you know, if he was having a season like he was a season ago, I, I, I think this team is at least 500 right now. Um, he really needs to get going. I know that that's easier said than done. And I know that the offensive line is primarily to blame on that, but that is just such a hindrance on this West Virginia offense that that isn't, working and you throw that in with as you mentioned earlier a lack of consistency from you know the quarterback position all over the field it's not great but I do think I think I like to think Letty Brown um, understands that you know Jared Parker had mentioned this week that Letty Brown is a professional running back he has all the capabilities to be a professional running back I think I don't know, maybe I'm being optimistic here, but I do think that Letty Brown will come out and have a good game today, uh, or not today, this weekend, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for game day. But, um, I, and I guess I'll just go right into my prediction here. I think West Virginia pulls this one out. Uh, 30 oh, wow, optimism. Yeah, I, you know, I, I got to go. I got to be optimistic. Who is this guy? Yeah, it's definitely not the guy who wrote uh, five on it a couple weeks ago. But, um, yeah, I got to give it to the Mountaineers in this one, probably 34 to 21. I, I can tell just by talking with, you know, Josh Chandler, Samito, and a bunch of the guys, they're pissed off. They're really pissed off. This is, especially in, in Chandler's case, this is not how he wanted his senior season to go. It's not really how anybody wanted it to go. 
I think having the bye week to to recuperate will do wonders for this team. Uh, down the line, not really sure, but I think this week they'll come out with a win. I think they'll play strong. They'll play like they played against Virginia Tech for the first couple quarters. Um, so yeah, I, I got to give it to West Virginia, 34-21 in this one. Keenan, your thoughts? Well, there's not many places in the Big 12 that Neil Brown as a head coach can say he's won a road game. TCU's one of those. Uh, he, he is he is one at TCU, and I think on paper, I don't think this is a terrible matchup, but I also didn't think Maryland was a bad matchup or Texas Tech or, you know, all the other games that West Virginia has managed to either lose or just not show up for this season. And I almost feel like good cop, bad cop here, but I, I'm usually optimistic. But I am, for the rest of this season, going to take this approach and I can West Virginia win this game absolutely I think they can uh, I think this team's equipped to do it I don't think this team is as bad as its two and four record I know that sounds crazy to some people out there listening to this but you look at the numbers it's really not that bad it's critical mistakes in giant situations that have cost this team much more often than just being a bad football team and yes I know over the course of the year that's a recipe for being a bad football team but I'm not a believer yet that you just throw this thing away, that this thing's over. This is a tell of two seasons in a sense for West Virginia. The first half did not go the way you wanted it to. The second half, you have a chance to completely rewrite that narrative. And you look at the teams that are left, every single one of those teams can beat West Virginia or they could, they could beat every single one of them. And I've felt that way most of the year. Unfortunately, I'm not picking West Virginia in this game. And I'll tell you why. I'm not. I'm not falling for it again. Uh, I have been wrong in my 3-2-1 predictions with this football team more times this season than I have in the last three combined. So I'm not doing it. Um, and the reason I'm not doing it is because I'm not from Missouri, but you got to show me. I think that you, you have got to show me, show the fan base, show people that are invested in this team that this team can put it together. Uh, this is a very winnable game on the road. You know, TCU's traditionally have been pretty tough at home, but West Virginia's won there twice. So I think it's not possible, but I've got TCU winning this game until this team shows me otherwise. And I think all the things we said before, all the points we've touched on about how critical this bye week is and how the response matters comes into play in this game. If we see the team that you, I, most people that covered this team or follow this team believe we were going to see, West Virginia can win this game. But until I see that team for a full four quarters, I'm taking TCU 30 to 24. So if you don't trust the climb, trust, trust Keen Stradamus over here. Uh, West Virginia and TCU are going to kick off uh, this Saturday, 7.30 Eastern time. I believe the broadcast is on ESPNU. Uh, wasn't listed on the schedule. Might be moving around. I really don't know. It's hard to keep up with. Uh, on game day, don't forget to join the conversation before, during, after the game on the blue lot at wvsports.com. Keenan and I will have coverage immediately after the game, as well as in the days after what goes down this weekend. As always, subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. That's the only way to make sure you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening to Musings from the Mountains, and we'll talk to you soon.